Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome to Clash of the Titles, February Fanny. The podcast of this February pits two movies with something in common, picked by fans of the show, and puts them in a fight to the death to see which one comes out victorious. This week, in the red corner, we're at the New York City Ballet Company, as Vincent Cassell uses some questionable techniques to try and get the very best performance from Natalie Portman's ballerina. And there's loads of hand wounds. From 2010, it's Black Swan. Well, in the blue corner, we're at the New York's Schaefer Conservatory as J.K. Simmons uses some questionable techniques to try and get the very best performance from Miles Teller's drummer. And there's loads of hand wounds from 2014. It's Whiplash. Toma! Yes? It can't be her. It can't be her. Okay, why don't you just go and catch up later? What's going on? Lily. You made her my ultimate. There's always an alternate. Lily's the best choice. No, but she wants my role. <laughs> Every dancer in the world wants your role. No, this is different. She's after me. She's trying to replace me. Nobody's after you. No, please believe me. Listen up, cocksuckers. Hurry the fuck up. Get your music. Irene only, set one. Rhythm section out first. Tanner, the... Kit is a fucking tonal catastrophe. Everybody remember, Lincoln Center and its ilk use these competitions to decide who they're interested in and who they're not. And I am not going to have my reputation in that department tarnished by a bunch of fucking limp dick, sour note, flatter than their girlfriend's flexible tempo dipshits. So it's a pressure to be perfect punch up this week, but which film will be victorious? Let's find out. Welcome to Clash of the Titles. The Kraken. Hello, Clash Brothers. Let me know if it's juicy enough for you. I'm Alex Zane. I'm Vicky Crumpton. I'm Chris Tilly. <laughs> right? Yeah. Of all the lines. <laughs> I went through them all. I know you wait for that moment. I do. It's such a fun game thinking what you're going to pick out. Uh, and you often surprise me. Did you? Did I surprise you today? You did, yeah. Oh, 
I hope so. Uh, welcome to our penultimate February Fanny. It is, but it isn't, because I've just realised the films we picked for the week after, I just looked it up. Someone, someone suggested them. <laughs> <Great>. <laughs> How does that make you feel? Good. King of process. It's great. It's great news. Everyone's happy. <laughs> <laughs> Malfunction. I'm excited. I started watching one of the films for next week, this week, today, in fact, and oh... It's a good pairing. It's so exciting. Yeah. Right then. Uh, so, only one more. Uh, bearing in mind what Chris just said. Uh, only I, I, it's, it's written, written down. down. <laughs> <laughs> no choice whatsoever. Does not compute. Honestly. <laughs> so, Chris, who do we have to thank for this week's clash of Black Swan versus Whiplash? B. And B wrote us a nice email saying, as part of Fanuary, I would love you to do Black Swan in the red corner versus Whiplash in the blue corner. <laughs> uh, both psychological thrillers about the dangers of striving for ultimate perfection within an art form. I'm surprised you haven't done these films already, but I'm looking forward to hearing them. Connection section. This was so fun. Striving for perfection. Finger hand injuries. Acting Oscars. Performing while bleeding. Threatened by understudies. Embarrassed during a class. Natalie Portman did most of the ballet. Miles Teller did most of his drumming. Underpaid lead actors. The acting Slade. Uh, there's definitely more but there's my audition for the podcast I would love you guys to do these two movies because they are both in my top five movies of all time wowzers wow. trousers. love B P.S. I went as the white swan for Halloween so I'm very committed to the cause oh that's nice a lot of pressure black swan sexy though <laughs> I'm just saying, if you're going to go as one of the swans... I don't think she's looking for feedback, but no. carry on. No, but there was an advice to be. I'm just... Personally, if I was going to do one of the swans... You're going to do one of the swans? <laughs> Is that what you just said? No, please, go ahead. If you were going to do one of the swans... <laughs> I meant inhabit. Oh, did you? Oh, sorry. Right, yeah. sorry. That says more about me than you, I guess. Yeah, it really does. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. And also, we had a, a lovely message going, the funniest part of last Monday's episode was V calling Al out for having a beer. <laughs> Which I pointed out at the time seemed to be like a real a real thing. I was really shocked. Yeah. I was really shocked. Don't, don't... say shocked. Jealous. Yeah, yeah, no, that's fair. That's in the mix, definitely. Yeah. It's just not what not we do. Not in the mix. That's really what... That's, <laughs> don't be like, like, I'm shocked you were so unprofessional <laughs> to have a beer yeah. last week. What you meant was... I was so jealous yeah. that I didn't realise... <laughs> I didn't know that was a thing now. It was an option. <laughs> right then. So, uh, let's do the connections. Oh, no, sorry. Before that. <laughs> Have you stopped drinking beer since that day? <laughs> no. Uh, so... I'm getting, I'm getting my spidey senses tingling here. <laughs> Someone's had a late night, haven't they? Have you? Shown up in a taxi. Did you have a late night, Alex? But not just a taxi, Chris. Not. I mean, I know this makes me sound very worse. That's not an Uber in there. No, no, no. What was it? No. Full a whack. handsome carriage. A black cab. Well, Hailed night. it on the streets of Highgate. Big, Stop. Big I'm late. Night. Big night. I may Hang be. the cost, sir. <laughs> I can't wait for the day that one of you is as hungover as I am today. <laughs> I, got, I got a whiff when you showed up. Yeah. I was like, oh, hello. Cool, 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 it's, cool. It's that Alex today. So okay. we're, we're calling each other out now. That's nice. That's nice to know. <laughs> Says you. <laughs> Says you. Right, settle down, settle down. So, the clue Chris gave on last week's show was... Uh, practice makes perfect. And then on the Twitter, I wrote sports movies, only not. 
okay. So the guesses, yeah, they are. Yeah, their guesses were trying to their damnedest to be the best on our Twitter at ClashPod. If you want to give us a follow, we're also on Instagram and TikTok at ClashPod. And if you want to get a little extra Clash free of charge, why not subscribe to our Clash of the Titles? Oh. I don't know what's happening. Basically. Chris could see that I hadn't written who got the correct guesses oh, on my right. sheet. Professional. And so I was I was delaying so yeah. I could bring oh, it up on my you, phone. You were running out though. <laughs> so I'm stepping in. I'm effectively helping you here. Win to prepare, prepare to win. Right. So, uh, congratulations to Matt T, who got the right answer. But our winner this week is Archie, with loads of E's, Great. who got Black Swan versus Whiplash. First time winner, Archie. Congratulations. What? Nothing. That's good. Well done, Archie. <laughs> congratulations. What's his prize? I didn't write one. Okay. Good. So, let's do the connection section. What do you got? I've only got one more. Yeah, B did, B did most. Uh, yeah. Which was the Lincoln Centre. That's a nice one, isn't I've, it? I've got two. Uh, film shot on digital and uh, our protagonist both oversleep. I mean, there's oh, yeah. freaking loads. Which she did a lot, though, so hopefully you're not going to repeat her ones. Yeah, I'm not. And I'm just looking through mine. And actually, we've done them all well than me. <laughs> <laughs> well than me. Okay, great. On Thursday, I'll be caught in the snare of whiplash which means today V is going to paint it black Swan V takes on a journey ballet is really hard the gruelling physicality of it the infantilising competitiveness the sky high expectations of your family and peers tell you what would make it easier masturbate mastering <laughs> both the white and black swan and a production of Swan Lake which lead dancer Nina eventually does because of wanking because Nina is flawless <laughs> <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> <laughs> Nina is flawless as Odette but can't nail passionate and commanding ordeal so pervy teacher Tamar tells her to get in touch with herself which she can't do because her jealous mum keeps watching so she nips out for a quick drink with her doppelganger and rival for the black swan Lily then smashes a ton of E and does indeed nail the passionate and commanding ordeal sort of losing her grip on reality growing feathers and talons she stabs Winona Ryder in the cheek with a shoe knife which is a thing and all is going well on opening night as Odette until a man drops her on her knee which apparently is her fault, then with Lily suiting up to take the role of the Black Swan and incense Nina kills her, or does she? And then she's incredible as ordeal, so good, she actually becomes a bird and then buzzed, she gets off with her abuser who has the fucking temerity to look coquettish about it, but then Nina realises she's killed herself or an old version of herself or whatever and she dies maybe as the screen fades to white, not black, that bit is important. <laughs> No, it's clever, right? It's so clever. <laughs> and sometimes they wear grey. Is, sometimes... is she going to heaven? Is she dead? I don't know. I don't think she's dead. I don't care. No, I'll get there, though. All right, so I went to the cinema to see this, people, uh, with Mark Parsons. I thought it was great. I never wanted to watch it again, though. <laughs> it's an interesting one, because this out, outdates the Mark Parsons uh, VHS show. Yeah. So... Is there a is there a list now? Like obviously VHS is dead. Yeah. But has he continued to rate movies in a 
a similar fashion to the shelf. It's, it's, it's fairly similar in that, and I have said this before, anything made after 1976 is automatically shit. And he goes to the <laughs> cinema. <laughs> Maybe 79 at a push. I don't know what he's thinking of. But he will go to the He used to go to the cinema with me. He won't anymore. Uh, he's learned his lesson there. Hmm. So he went to the cinema and he watched it and he said he thought it was quite good. Um, I don't know if that counts as a rating. I watched it for... Uh, screening for a review that I had to do. And I honestly, I remember giving it, I think it was a four-star review, and I remember thinking, yeah, that was good. But if you asked me to remember any scene from this or anything really about it, yeah. I'd have struggled. So I was interested to watch it again because I remember nothing. Mm, I forgot all the body horror stuff, which is obviously crucial to oh, it. God, it's so, it made me, I was nearly sick so many times. It's so distressing. Well, you the know fingers me. Bit, like, fingers, feet, especially feet. The yeah. bit with the toenail. Oh, my God. Mm, it's pretty horrifying. I don't need that in my life. Oh, no. what, I don't uh, need that for a film. No. Chris? Same as Alex. I saw this early to review it. Read my review this morning. I nodded through most of it. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, the movie or the review? The review. Right. <laughs> like, oh, only a couple of my opinions have changed in 13 years. <laughs> um, I got all the names right. Yeah, not Laura. No. Okay. Brilliant. <laughs> Guess what? what? I went home and spent the weekend looking it up. The whole week. I spent 48 hours looking it of up. Of course you did. And? Bunch of reviews at the time call her Laura. <laughs> I googled production notes like I predicted. In the production notes, they gave her the name Laura on set. None I was of, absolutely right. Of course you were right. None of this matters. No what matters cares. is, no even one, though we no was No one in cares Poland. apart from you. You're the only person who would spend 48 hours looking no, up. You laughed, pro- you, laughed, you laughed a lot. You laughed a lot, Week. You were laughing for nothing. <laughs> what it was useful for is even though Alex was on a screen in Poland, and obviously there's a huge time difference that we all need to be aware of, it's, he it's, spotted uh, your tell, lag. yeah, which is the I wonder, and that will stay with me forever. But it's like, correct. <laughs> yeah, I know. The point is, I was right. That, none of that matters because you do do that. <laughs> when I'm right. All, so it means nothing. All the, all the Polish beer in the world couldn't prevent me from spotting. <laughs> I thought you just I had wonder. one. I'm sorry, I thought you just had one. No, I did, I did. <laughs> Apology okay. accepted, Alex. All right, um, Yeah, so, and I very much enjoyed it. Alex gave it a four. Uh, where I worked, you, it was out of ten, so I, it was a 4.5 slash nine. That's why Hot Dog failed. <laughs> Hot dog. It's about ten years after hot dog. Um, yeah, I loved it. I thought it was a fantastic film, and I was excited to revisit it. And I was very much into it. Yeah, me too. All right, let me tell you a bit about it. So, directed by Darren Aronofsky. In 1998, so after Pi, have you seen Pi? I love Pi. I love Pi mm. as well, but I've only seen it once. I didn't, but... I didn't have the foggiest what was going on in Pi. No, he sees patterns through maths, but in reality. Yeah, it's really good. Uh, anyway, so 1998, Mike Medavoy of Phoenix Pictures gives Darren Aronofsky a spec script by Andre Hines called The Understudy, which was about an off-Broadway rivalry between an actor and an understudy. Weird question. This is so much after Pi, though, right? He'd done loads in between. Yeah, between 98 and here, but he first saw that spec in 98. Right. Mike Medavoy says, do you want to do this? He says no. Okay. In 98. Now, the thing is... That Andre Hines, that's a spec script called The Understudy about off-Broadway rivalry. But I found on the interweb a play with the same name and the same plot by a writer called Eddie McPherson and the synopsis is Dolores Gordon decides the only way she is to receive the lead in an upcoming community theatre production, so off-Broadway, is to murder the lead actress. I haven't read the Andre Hines spec, so I don't know if it's exactly the same, but that's what I found. So it's unclear to me if Andre Hines was a reworking of the play or if the play came after. I don't know. Is he credited on Black Swan? Uh, Andre Hines is he gets a, buy, a story by credit right, okay. yeah this story's been told a ton of times though isn't it it's all yeah. about Eve 
Yeah. Showgirl, I'm hoping we'll talk about showgirls today. Yeah. yeah I saw yeah. a lot of similarities for showgirls. Little balls. Whiplash. Yeah. Very similar. Very similar. So anyway, like I said, Aronofsky turns it down, but it stays with him. And he'd had the idea that he would like, he likes the story, but he wanted to merge it with ballet. I think his sister was a ballet dancer and he's quite interested in that world. Cut to 2006. Mike Medavoy still has the rights. It then be rewritten by John J. McLaughlin. Uh, that doesn't work out in sort of Hollywood parlance. So then Aronofsky off he goes and does the wrestler instead. Um, at one point, the wrestler was going to be about a love affair between a wrestler and a ballerina because he's quite interested in like the sort of bodily extremes of people in those worlds and the clash of like high art. These are his words versus low art. So ballet versus wrestling. I guess I can, another connection would be directors whose most recent films have gone off the boil slightly what Babylon do you think I really like Babylon yeah I can see why people don't like it I haven't seen or read anything about it I loved it yeah it's insane it's quite lush it's stupid what was there in Aronofsky's last film well he sort of went off the boil with Mother which oh was, yeah like I haven't seen it I've been told not to see it so. <laughs> oh you definitely need to watch it yeah the pissing baby death is brilliant great so anyway then Aronofsky's going to do Robocop in 2008. That stalls. So then he comes back to Black Swan, still known as The Understudy. Then Mark Heyman does a draft and he puts Swan Lake in there. And then you get all this stuff about duality, the doppelganger. And that synthesizes perfectly with the actual story of Swan Lake, the white and the black swan. So here we go. Then everyone loves the wrestler. So it gets a bit of momentum behind it. Mark Heyman does about 25 million more drafts. And then we get Natalie Portman. So she knows Darren Aronofsky from like way back. Uh, she can dance. She loves ballet. She'd wanted to do a film that combined those things for a while. She trained for a year. And then, like the Strictly Curse, but more glamorous, she met her husband on this. I mean, I think everybody knows this, but that's quite sweet. So Benjamin Milpied, who's the he's the prince in Black Swan. He's a dancer, a choreographer. That's her husband. Yeah. I know. That. Isn't that cute? That's nice. She had the hell of a year. She met her husband. But she, and then she, she didn't meet him on Black Swan. Yeah. Oh, she met him on Black Swan. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, that's nice. Isn't that nice? Yeah, that's beautiful. So they were training, you know, she was trained by, um, I think she's called Mary Herbert for a while, and then she was choreographed. I don't, by... want to, I don't want to drop you in it, but I remember, wasn't there some controversy around the time of like how much dancing she actually did? Because a bit like Rami Malik with Freddie Mercury, like yeah. there, was a, there was a little bit of mist cast around how much singing he actually did right. during his Oscar campaign. Yeah. And he didn't really do that much. Yeah. But you wouldn't know that to have followed the Oscar campaign. It's sure. like, well, yeah, he was saying sometimes, oh, miss, 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 miss. The stuff I read was pretty clear that when you can't, you know, when you see her in a mirror, when you see a sort of mid, you know, not a close up, it's another dancer because she can't be a prima ballerina. You can't just go from not being a prima ballerina mm. to being one in a year. But she did train really hard for at least a year. And so, you know, when you see her up close, the movement of her arms, any dancing you can see up close is Natalie Portman dancing, which is why. The controversy came about because they told the ballerina to stop talking about it until after the Oscars. Right, okay. Right. And that's pretty standard stuff, isn't it? Like, Yeah, but I think you need to put it in a contract rather than... Oh, OK. <laughs> you know, just hope they're not going to say anything. Because <laughs> yeah, I think they were saying that, that Natalie Portman did 80% of the dancing yeah. and that annoyed this ballerina who said, no, actually, I did 80% of the dancing. And yeah. there you go. And they said, shh, <laughs> wait a month. <laughs> just wait. We'll give you so much more money. Oh, the whole Oscar campaigning thing. Obviously, with the Oscars coming up, I've heard just read so much about it. The whole Andrea Riseborough stuff is mad. Mm. Mad. Like, because on the one hand, you're like, oh, my God. she. You know, you read some headlines. It's like she robbed someone of a position as you know, best actress nominee. Uh-huh. And then you sort of go, 
Well, actually, the, the issue really is with campaigning. And people like who watch the Oscars don't know that this goes on no, behind the scenes. Know. And so no one knows like that it was genuinely a movie that didn't make much money, that didn't have any studio backing, that was a, in inverted commas, grassroots campaign that yeah. got her the nomination. It just so happens her grassroots campaign comes from, you know, A-list actors. Yeah, I mean, it was, and I, you know, it's, I don't know, like, you know, back in the day, sort of, you know, Gwyneth Paltrow, Harvey Weinstein, I will get you an Oscar, and he will, you know, Mm. you could do that then, like, and it's not the same thing that goes on, but it's got its roots in the same sort of thing, like, relentless campaigning, paid for ads, Mm. Um, it's obviously different now with social media, there's more ways to, like, disseminate those things, but Mm. it's not necessarily, oh, the best people kind of thing. There will be other people in other films that don't get a look in, because they haven't got the weight behind them of whatever it is. Mm. Um, I mean, I, controversy aside, though, she de- definitely like her performance in to Leslie. Mm, I haven't is, seen it. Oh, it's she's she like this whole situation would be exacerbated if it wasn't worthy if of she an wasn't Oscar. Amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah of course that would be it. terrible. I should say that ballerina is called Sarah Lane as well. Who okay. did the dancing? Uh, so then, not much more. Um, Mila Kunis as Lily. She is perfect. I think she was friends with Natalie Portman, um, and I think they're still friends. Winona Ryder as Beth, I think, is amazing. I read that that might have been Parker Palsy at one point. I love Parker Palsy. That would have been fine. But Winona Ryder is incredible. Um, and then Hugh Jackman and Antonio Banderas for Toma. Um, but it goes to Vincent Cassell. Uh, I'm not he's the biggest fan of him in the world. Like, I don't want to see Hugh Jackman do this, but Antonio Banderas, yes. <laughs> so. I think he's perfect. I know. I don't think he's bad enough for some reason. Really? The stuff he does is bad, but obviously, but I don't I, know. That's why he works because you like this. Oh, he's Vincent Cassell, and he's so romantic, and you can find yourself like I've even like I, I, I watch him. And I go, oh, Vincent Cassell. You would dance with him. I would dance with him. <laughs> you would do anything he asked you. I would you. bite the fuck out of his tongue. <laughs> So then, you know, there were some finance troubles at the very last minute. They nearly killed it, but they didn't. Um, And then it went on to be nominated, Academy nominated, Best Picture, Best Director, Best Cinematography, Best Editing. And Natalie Portman won the award for Best Actress. So a smash, I guess. That's it. For sure. Excellent. Any more for any more. All right, then. Let's get into it. So we start with a dream. And this is where Princess Odette is put under the spell. And then the way that Nina tells it, she does seem to me to be like enchanted because she is enchanted by it, but also because she's still childlike enough to be like that about a story, which is this tragic story that love cures all. She's very inexperienced and her bedroom is pink and fluffy. Her mum cuts her nails and mum like does her sort of, you know, looks after her in that way. She's got the stuffed bears and all of that. So this is a child. I don't know anything about ballet. So I imagine it seemed to me to be representative of the world in a very sort of broad strokes way. Like I imagine that the ballet world can be quite infantilizing because of the roles um, and because of the competitive nature and the striving for perfection and things like that. I guess it's just quite extreme in her that this arrested development that she's sort of experiencing, you know, later in the film when he asks if she's a virgin and she says no. I think she probably is a virgin. Yeah, I think yeah. It's someone who's never who's never been out, who's never had friends, who's never been on a date, who's never been yeah. in love, and it's it's grim. It's frightening, actually. Yeah, I think you, from the word from the word go, you get a sense when you're in that house that all is not well. Yeah, and yet when she stuffs her cuddly toys down the garbage chute. It really upset me. Like, it <laughs> genuinely because I quite like that, like womb-like, tired-like, like that world. I mean, it's unhealthy for her, but yeah, of the God. bedroom, you mean like the safety yeah. of the bedroom? It's a good point. It should be a really safe space, but her mum keeps intruding, That's so it right. isn't quite the safe space that it appears. It's again, it's got that duality. A lot of pink as well. 
Fucking loads of pink. Because it's all black and white and then bang, we've just got yeah. this explosion of pink. But then, I won't go on about it too much because it's pretty obvious, but like when uh, Nina leaves the house, often she's in like a baby pink scarf, so she's bringing some of that security with her and then as it progresses, she ditches the pink mm. and then she's in greys and then blacks and whites and things like that. Um, so then, like qu- quite quickly, we get to some body horror, even though it's not really body horror because she's just adjusting her toes, yeah. um, which is pretty horrendous. <laughs> Did you read about the injury? They kept She had an injury in one of her feet that they kept having to stop production for. No. And they ended up calling it the portmanteau. <laughs> Are you lying? <laughs> it, it was in the trivia. And I thought, even if that's not true, that's good enough. <laughs> Love it. Love that. Um, and also, she's not really eating anything. Now, I say this. I don't mean that to sound judgmental, but her mum puts down her breakfast and it's a poached egg and it might just be the white, I'm not sure, and half a pink grapefruit. But to not upset her mum, but also she will be on quite a strict regime in order to keep her weight down so she's as light as possible. She's got to find something to say about this breakfast, which looks quite meagre. So she ends up going, oh, it's so pink. And it's like, that's to keep her mum happy. It's to keep herself happy to like mm. make her feel that she's about to enjoy something delicious and nourishing when in fact it's like rations kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, well, and, and, but also it becomes increasingly clear that she's got an eating disorder as the film goes on as yeah. well so who knows what she makes of that breakfast I mean that is a that is a healthy breakfast yes but, it is yeah um, it's the voice as well though like yeah. when you hear Natalie Portman speak she doesn't talk like that she, she's put her, her voice up an octave and she's talking like a little girl and it's it's disturbing well that's the thing because she's as Thomas says to her you know you're quite, I don't think he says you're brittle but she's quite brittle isn't she? she's quite rigid she's quite inflexible she, mm-hmm. everything has to be perfect even when she relaxes which well for her her version of relaxing and she's with her mum she just sounds like a baby so mm. she didn't she never sounds like a woman she never sounds like a but a real she's girl. not really relaxed in those situations either no. is she it's everything's a performance whether it's a performance at the ballet a performance at home everything's a performance which is why it ends up with the way it the ends way up. it ends up yeah so she gets on the tube she sees lily on the tube and then we start more of these dual themes so there's going to be a lot of mirrors in this film and like i said a lot of nina in white and lily in black and then they as they both come together wearing gray but Lily, and I always say this, Lily is real because other people can see her at the rehearsal. I misremembered this and I thought that Lily was never in a scene with anyone else. <laughs> Which is why we were going to do this with Fight Club for a while yeah. until I was we like, all realised. That's a realize. great idea. <laughs> <laughs> Am I an idiot? Like, yeah. Yeah, I know because it's so impractical because she does try to, she's, she's made the understudy and I knew that. You can't be made an understudy if no one else has seen you dance. But <laughs> yeah. I still thought it. But it, it I right. mean, it, it has fun with that. The whole, that, that, that whole bit, which is one of the most exciting moments where Lily is, um, Nina is like, oh, yeah, well, what happened last night? Mm-hmm. And Lily's like, what are you talking about? Yeah. And that moment, it's like, oh my God, it's a Tyler Durden moment. You're like, yeah. what? Yeah, but, and I think I just inflated that so it covered the rest yeah, of the yeah. film. I did, as well. I did as well. Well, being that I live with someone who, who's now a therapist, I, I watch this with her, and so I'm, I'm always asking about stuff through a psycho, psychoanalytical lens, and and this this is to do with the shadow self as well. Okay, that she's seeing in Lily. Um, unconscious parts of her own personality or she's projecting them onto Lily. The the stuff, the ego, the inferiority, the shame, the negativity that she feels and wants to repress. She's she's put, putting all that on Lily until she's finally ready to end the film to embrace it herself. Mm. And I think that's what's happening there is she's yeah. the shadow becomes part of her. Yes. You had a conversation with a therapist about a shadow version of someone. Mm, yeah, well, I googled it as well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't watch judging not qualified. I don't understand. That is so like you. Babe, can you tell me all about it? Just going to quickly check everything you've trained for and learned on the internet. <laughs> is that all right? Yeah, I, I, I've actually nailed it. <laughs> no, 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 you 
you, you're goes, great. You're really good. What you I'm, mean is you told the therapist about the shadow person and the therapist yeah. said, oh, I, I know all this. And you were like, yeah, but I'm going to tell you about him. Yeah. You're not um, psychologically complicated, are you? I don't mean that as a, as a cause. No, I mean, you're a straightforward person, aren't you? We all are. Yeah. We oh, all are. Yeah. No, we're all complicated, Vicky. Oh, right, sorry. I wasn't trying to backhand compliment you. You know, basically, a person can be more than one thing. A hundred percent. That's a misnomer, yeah, if I you see think about you. it. Yeah. I see you. It's pretty clever. I see you. <laughs> anyway, so then we meet Thomas. He gives us some handy exposition of what Swan Lake is, which is good because I don't know the story of Swan Lake. I wish he hadn't said, though, in this scene, he goes, it's been done to death, but we're going to do it differently. And then I think, oh, do something else then. <laughs> like, when you say, oh, it's been done to death, me, I know I'm going to see a ballet at the end, and I think, oh, can we not just do something else that's less derivative? Uh, no, then? I like that, though, because it's that, it's that arrogance of going, I can do it differently. Yeah. It, it says so much about his character, like, this has been done to death, yeah. but the way I will do it, Will blow people's minds. It's my like shortcoming because he, he's like, we're going to strip it back. It's going to there's no artifice, and I was like, I've never seen Swan Lake, so I don't know what it normally looks like if it's stuffed full of artifice and whatever. I don't know what a pared back version looks like. So I get it for the film because they cannot afford to put on a full ballet at the end. But I don't know what it would have looked like anyway. Okay, see what I mean? Yeah, I I, I understand. Anyway. I, I wouldn't know that either. So it's interesting that you think he is evil. He's not as evil as I remember. Like not yet. Like he gets there. But he's just not as he. I don't know. I just didn't feel creeped out by him this that much. He's doing. Uh, 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 but if he looked like Harvey Weinstein, I think you would be. He's pulling all those maneuvers. Yeah, on he her. Is. Yeah, in, in that in that in that um, position of power. Yes, but I agree. I mean, like you know, if we're going to compare these movies, which we are, you know, Vincent Cassell versus J.K. Simmons. Yeah, I mean, one definitely inhabits that villainous role. Mm. Yeah, okay. much better. What the one who's trying to sexually assault the woman. No, no, the guy just shouts a lot. It's complicated, isn't it? <laughs> um, so anyway... He's, a, he's the hero, but we'll get to that on Thursday. <laughs> he nearly becomes the hero. Like, there's a moment where I'm like, oh, my God! Anyway, Wait, who? Vincent Cassell, J.K. No, Simmons? No, J.K. Simmons. There's a moment where I'm like, oh, my God! Oh, wait, we need to talk about this on Thursday because it's a, it's an amazing, amazing <clears throat> character arc that he has in that movie. <laughs> it really it's is. phenomenal. So uh, Tom Hart needs a lead to play both the white and the black swan. I didn't know if that was normal. So the first time I saw Black Swan, I was like, she's being pushed to the extreme because she's going to inhabit both roles and no one ever does that. But then I read it is normal. So I remember this. I was like, and I kept thinking, why not just cast Nina as the white swan <laughs> yeah. and Mila Kunis, yeah. like Lily is the black swan and be done with this fucking movie. Yeah. But is it, do you know if it's normal? That, yeah, yeah, I believe so. so. One, one dancer always does both parts. I don't know if it's always, okay. but it does happen. Commonly. Yeah. yeah. All right. It's just I've just. Well, I, I live. I live with a ballerina, and so I asked her. Uh, <laughs> I feel like I want to blame marketing on this one because I remember thinking so wholly in the run up to this film back in twenty whenever it was like, oh, this is unusual. Like this dancer is being asked to do something that no dancer has ever done, and that's why it's such an extreme, and that's what tips her over into madness. Right. She's trying to be better than everyone else in the world by doing both roles, and no one ever does that. Anyway, that's my fault, not anybody else's fault. So, um, Nina, she's not quite up to it, so she's perfect as Odette, but she's not enough like Lily yet to play Odile. So then she puts some lipstick on to make her case, which I love. It's only a little moment. I'm just going to lean into this for a second. Right, so A, grown women do wear lipstick, but B, it is also something that children do to pretend or has become a symbol of children pretending. I don't know if children actually do put lipstick on and go, oh, look, I'm like mummy or whatever, <clears throat> but... I love that moment because she's got this thing, this totem of grown-upness, 
and she puts it on herself to go and have a difficult conversation with this man that's standing in her way. I would have loved it more if it had been a really weird shade of lipstick, really badly applied, <laughs> because then she would have looked off. But she looks gorgeous because she's Natalie Portman. It looks perfect, doesn't it? You don't mm. look at it and think you've never put lipstick on before. So if she'd just gone like, like all around her lips with a weird colour and was still going in and didn't know that that was bad. If she went in that room looking like a clown, <laughs> yeah. I know, I don't think like I would have Like the Joker. It. <laughs> just, I, think I really I would. <laughs> I'm just so surprised that her biting his tongue is enough conviction for him to then cast her. He's already cast her. This is the thing. No, he hasn't at that point. She, she goes in to make her case. He kisses her. She bites him. And then they say the postings are up. He says in the room before she bites his tongue, he's cast Veronica, I think her name is. Oh, yeah. He does. The, oh, yeah, you're right. And then she says congratulations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. That's, that's that whole that's, that mini art. But... He says that he's cast someone else, which is why she bites his tongue, and then he reverses it, yes. which is why she makes the faux pas of going, congratulations, to someone well, else who's done it. You just, you don't see why the bite would convince him. Oh, it's because it's just really. spirit, isn't it? It's, like, it's gross. She's being abused, but in his twisted, weird version of whatever that is, she's Because he actually back. says, I saw a little bit of that in that moment. And it's like, did you? Or did you <laughs> see someone going, don't kiss me, you fucking weirdo? Which is what he thinks the black swan is. So right. in his head, he's doing nothing wrong. So we should... We, clearly, he is an abuser, but he doesn't think he's an abuser. He thinks he's just doing what needs to be done to get the performance. Mm. Yeah. And when she fights back, he sees this rebellious spirit, which is what the black swan embodies, mm. I think. Sure. Um, let's have a small break, shall we? Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST. And up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's interesting. So, does he want to have sex with her? <clears throat> well, he doesn't try to have sex with her, does well, he? Well, no, no, when so they go he... back to the apartment, he doesn't, does he? I, I hadn't thought about this. I mean, I've thought all the way through where he's going to shag her, he wants to shag her, but the fact that he doesn't... I think it's because, in that moment, like, he's so unsexually attracted to her. Yeah. Like, he brings her back mm. to the apartment with the belief that underneath all this good girl stuff, there's someone who will still, you know, want the carnal desires of sex, you know, oh, bodies against bodies, flesh against flesh. And in that moment, he's just like, he realises that she has no sex appeal whatsoever and he would rather she leave than him force himself upon her, even though he is that guy. Yeah, okay, that's interesting. I hadn't thought of it. I th- I just see him playing this long game, but that... No. Yeah, you're right. He... he he want you. He he invites her back to his apartment to have sex with her. Yeah, and then she turns him off her yeah. so much by being who she is. Yeah, 
which is a protection in a way. That, so it's quite a good thing that she's like a child because it repels him. Yeah, I, yeah, I guess. Yeah. But she doesn't. I mean, not she's not intentionally doing that because no. she definitely wants to be sexy. Yeah. So then we get the scene where her mum has got that Alan Partridge fan room. I can't remember <laughs> what it's called, but you remember, don't Jed. you? Yeah. <laughs> I'm such a big head. <laughs> yeah, she's like Jed. Of her, yeah. But this is when I'm thinking this mum, this mother's mentally ill. Yeah. She's really sick. And then I'm starting to think, well, has she passed this illness down to her daughter? Mm. Is her daughter experiencing what she experienced? She says that childbirth is the reason that she didn't continue with her ballet, but yeah. maybe she was sick. Um, or maybe a teacher did it to her. And I think, yeah, there's... There's a lot going on with this mum. Well, I think she's yeah. a bit of a bit of a caricature, the character, and a bit over the top, the mum. So it's interesting. My memory of it was she was very stage mum. She was like, you will never, you know, you're going out there and you're doing this. Do what needs to be done. If he tries to sleep with you, you sleep with him, all of this. And she's actually much more, although she's still a, uh, a tricky mother, she's more protective than I remember her being. Mm. So when she rings in sick for her at the end, obviously she's trying to sabotage her, but there are moments where she does seem to be caring for her. She's just yeah. overprotective. No, no, no. She just doesn't watch... She wants to infantilise her daughter forever yeah. and if her daughter had some success. Yeah, well, a really good example, which I love this, again, mm. I really focus on the small things, is, is the cake. So oh. it's, a big, it's a big thing. It's a big that's cake. a massive cake. But that's the point, isn't it? So Nina gets the parts, her mum brings home, there's only two of them, a massive, massive cake, and then goes to cut what Nina says is a big piece of cake. So it is a big piece of cake. It is, to be fair, it's a big piece of cake. And then her mum instantly is like, well, it's trash then, and goes to throw mm. it away. And Nina has to reel this situation back in, has to appease her mum. You can see the stress on her face that she's got to eat some cake so her mum doesn't flip out. She doesn't want the cake. Why would her mum have done that to her in the first place? Like, she's trying to sabotage her. She's a fragile person. She's insanely jealous. And Nina definitely doesn't eat fucking cakes. <laughs> it's like, why would you... If you loved your daughter and you were pleased for her, it's so tricky, isn't it? Because food is such a it's such an obvious way of celebrating. What do you do instead? But you do something that meets her where she is, which is something that she regards as a celebration, and that is not a ginormous cake. Do you resent your children? Do I resent them? No. Anyway, I'm not talking to you about that. Anyway, so then we get to Beth's retirement party. Uh, so this is a fun scene. So Beth accuses Nina of trading sex to get her place. And mm. Nina replies, almost without thinking, some of us don't have to. So she's, that's a cutting thing to say to Beth. She's saying to Beth, you did that. I didn't have to do that. Mm. And she's really early on in her transformation. But I would argue she is now transforming because mm. that's not the sort of thing a nice girl would ever say. I saw it as... A defence, because she knows she can't trade sex for a part. So it was more uh, like she was she was aware of her own, within the sphere of this, this idea. This thing, yeah. She was aware of her own fa failings. Like, yeah. So it was, it was almost like, yeah, some of us don't have to do that. But more than like accusing Beth of having to do that, she was embarrassed that she wasn't able to do that because we've yeah. already had the apartment sequence and she feels like there's a part of her missing where she couldn't just have sex with. Well, Come I on. think the apartment scene comes after this because Beth is there oh, sorry, standing yeah, in right. the lobby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's upset. He sort of dismisses her. Then they go back, Toma and Nina go back to his house. So this is where I was like, I was like, I can't believe I didn't think he was evil. Because when he says to me, he's just, it's his, it's his space. She's sat very tightly. Mm. I don't even think she's taking a car off, can't remember. But she's like this. And he's all like legs and arms or whatever, because it's his house. And then when he says, I don't want there to be boundaries. No boundaries. Like, yeah, run for your fucking life. I said, that, I said that when we started this podcast, though. <laughs> to be honest, because I think you actually did. <laughs> no boundaries, team. Have you, have you had a boyfriend? Have you had a boy? are, you, are you a virgin? <laughs> yeah. I, no. 
more boundaries. Run for your life. Do you enjoy sex? Run for your life. <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to go well. Yeah, it's 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 and it's the worst conversation in the world. And then yeah. I and then I told you to both go home and have a wank. Yeah, I can't believe <laughs> he says that. To and us. it sorted, it sorted everything out. He's amazing in this scene because the way he says that, you're like, dude, you dick. But he's like. What? I'm just giving you great advice here. Don't be so fucking frigid. Like both these movies, you sort of go, that's awful. Oh, it worked. Does it work though? (laughs) Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, because he will go on to call her frigid. Later on, he asks the prince if he'd fuck her. And he's like, no, or I wouldn't, or whatever. And that, again, this is my ballet, not lack of knowledge, but it always blows my mind. Like, it's good that Vincent Cassell, Tom I, is like inserting, bad pun, sex in here, because I don't see the sex in ballet naturally anyway. Like, no, it I seems don't like quite a, I don't know, that it, it, maybe it's just because I don't know enough about it, but. It's, it, it, it's funny, though, where he says, go home and touch yourself. And then, is it is it that night where. She starts doing it the following yeah, morning and her mum's there. Yeah. And basically you get the literal, literal on-screen encapsulation of her life yeah. in that moment. It's yeah. like she is like, she wants to be this, but her mum won't let her. Her mum infantilises her and you see that in that moment. Yeah, it's amazing. I can't believe her mum is. It's such a jump scare as well. Like it's so, yeah. it's so good. Because it's a horror movie, really. yeah. yeah. The fact that her mum is in there is mad anyway. The fact that... But then your mind starts spiralling. It's like, is, she, is her mum... Did her mum see everything, but to save her blushes, pretended to be asleep, which is <laughs> somehow worse. It's just all... It's all bad. Uh, Beth's in hospital. Uh, she walked into traffic. Uh, that will be important later. And then Nina is having some late mm. night practice with Tom. So he's now like full baddie. Very, very handsy. And you can see how confusing that is for her. And then it, it, in her mind, it's becoming one thing. And then he stops. And then he says, that was me seducing you when it should have been the other way around. Yes. It's like, Jesus Christ. And you're like, absolutely, good teacher. No, I think that's, that's one of the most, <laughs> that's such an abusive thing to do, to be like, this, this is a thing, this is happening, this is something. Actually, you're still not doing it right. Like, ugh. 100%. But what he is saying, I mean, it's, look, he's a villain. That is unacceptable. Yeah. That is awful. But what he's saying is true. Like, in terms of the part, yeah. well, she but say it, don't do it. <laughs> yeah. Can you get off my boobs, please? Just tell me. <laughs> like, but that, you make a good point because she, Nina, is an excellent dancer. That's the fact. She's not like the underdog in this. So she hasn't got her place because someone dropped out. She's brilliant. So she can obviously follow instructions. She just needs to relax or whatever. Yeah, she's precise. Yeah. Uh, but the issue is she's... It, 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 um, Lily is imprecise, but it's effortless for her. And yeah. with and with Nina, part of the trouble is it just looks like she's trying too hard. And she doesn't look like she's enjoying herself. And then when you see Lily later, I can't remember what scene, and she's dancing, but she's laughing with everyone, and she's like, yeah. "I'm so embarrassed," like, "Oh, whatever," like, and it's really her easy. Dance, yeah, her dancing is easy. Her life is easy, and Nina Nina can't understand that because her yeah. life is so hard. I, I I find it hard to comprehend though. What is is he after perfection? It's all about perfection. The ending, but he likes the imperfection in what Lily does. Yeah, but he wants. I mean, like, yeah, we're jumping ahead here, but the last scene about her believing that she'd done it perfectly was there was a perfect way to embody the black swan. And there was a perfect way to embody the imperfection. So it was, it's like, there was still the perfect version of an imperfect character on the stage. If you're flawless, you can then, you can be so good that you can act like loose and relaxed and easy. Mm. If you're actually, if your technique isn't perfect, you could never fake being perfect. But if you were perfect, you could fake being not perfect, yeah. I guess. Mm. 
I think. Like when I do the robot. <laughs> Your robot is incredible. You're an excellent dancer. Quickly do it because we can put this online. Uh, no, I hurt my arm and leg, so I can't. On the way here, got hit, hit, by, got hit by a car. Liar! <laughs> um, so uh, we've got some wing rashes and bleeding fingers. And then this, what do we think of this scene? Nina goes home on the tube and an old man is indecent on the tube. Why is there so much wanking in this film? Like, what? Yeah, I get tube, it. I wrote down tube wank. Tube um, wank. Why is that there? Fucking wanks. Oh, <laughs> the little bastard. <laughs> was this, is it there because she's meant to be like, well, everyone is at it. Like, everyone is doing something. So, Or is it just her whole world is filled with abuse? Like, I think it's the idea that she's being sexualised and yet she still can't see herself as sexy. Okay. Is, is, is that in her mind? With the, the old man? Yeah. So much of this is in her mind, what's happening. Yeah, unreliable narrator. Yeah. Could, could that be something? Because she suddenly becomes sexual herself. Also, you, what you just said is, is not right. Like When someone does that to you on the tube, it's not... <laughs> uh, what, uh, Nikki, what you just said is if you get that, not it's right. right. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks it, for your input. Every time, every time I say something that's not right, if we could just play that... What I mean. <laughs> Appreciate your efforts. Thanks, thanks for the notes, but what you just said there is not right. When I, I, not even like in the moment. Can I rewind to something yeah, you said was, previously? Yeah. And she wasn't point listening out- to me just then. She was thinking. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> well, let me tell you why not right what you said was. Come because on. when someone does that to you on the tube, it's not because you, if they find you sexy, it's, it's a power thing. You don't feel sexy after that's happened to you. You feel disgusting, but you could be anyone. Like a man being indecent on the tube, it's not that it, she's like, oh, I'm not even sexy because he would have done that to anyone. She just happens to be the person that sat across from her. So Lily turns up to Nina's apartment to take her out on the town to apologise for talking to Tamar about how she was feeling. This scene, I do remember, uh, because it's such a good example of how relaxed Lily is. Like, she's got ecstasy with her. She does spike Nina's drink, but then Nina knows she's done it, so it's kind of, she's sort of consenting. But it's just like, who, what professional dancer is like, I'm going to go out and get smashed on ecstasy, and then, yes, I'll be at rehearsal. I was jealous, obviously, because it's like she's got so much energy. Young people. Yeah, she is just young, isn't she? We all used to do that. I mean, not that, that, but, like, you'd go to work the next day. Yeah, you'd be fine. Not anymore. Some people used to, like, drink until, like, two in the morning and then go and like work. do a podcast like do yeah. a podcast for exactly. instance yeah. and you're insane. sat down though so. and he's, he's sliding further and further down <laughs> in the chair he's going to disappear in a minute I did get confused because I thought it was the big show like they make it out like she's on stage the following day and yeah. it, it is the show so when it's not the show and it's just another rehearsal you're like oh okay that seems less important yeah I, I see what you mean yeah I love the fact that Lily in the bar introduces Nina to the the men and she gets the, one of their names wrong that's such a brilliant well touch. no because Lily Lily intentionally does a joke because it's Tom and something else she calls them Tom Jim and Jerry and yeah it's yeah Tom and Andrew yeah mm. the Winter Soldier yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah that was weird <laughs> she just called him Winter Soldier yeah, yeah. Um, so isn't it weird when you see someone who's now like super famous yeah. in an old movie you're like oh my god yeah. she, she should be like I'm in Thor remember me <laughs> 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 so then Nina, Nina does take the pill and then she's coming up so then you've got your mandatory nightclub on pill scene which you've seen a million times but it's always fun mm, yeah because yeah, you've not seen it done quite like Aronofsky doing it no. where, what the hell am I looking at yeah <laughs> it's good 
pill hallucinations are famously like are, are very real compared to like whereas you, when you take LSD and you're like oh this is int- uh, I know I'm about to see things and oh, it's, oh wow look at that but like pill hallucinations are like very very real when people have had them mm. and this this captures that perfectly yeah and the music and the lights mm. and that you know you can feel your heart Chemical Brothers yeah <laughs> they did that they did the track for the film um. But, so, uh, in the cab home, so Lily makes a move on Nina, and I was just like, what a great all-rounder this girl is. Yeah. Like, I love her so much. Tries Drink, drugs, fun, sex, perfect. Finger taxi. Yeah. <laughs> taxi finger. <laughs> she's, she's a great friend, basically. Um, Nina takes Lily home. Nina backchats her mum. So the first time I saw this, I obviously thought Lily had stayed over. I didn't notice that Lily is only ever a reflection and she doesn't, you know, her mum sort of looks like she sees her, but doesn't, you know, when you watch it another time, she obviously doesn't see her because she's not really there. Um, and so... They do that clever thing where Lily finishes Nina's sentence. Yeah. yeah and you're like, ooh. Yeah, it's great. And uh, finishes her off. Finishes her right off. Brings that evening on home, I like mm. to think. Um, good for her. So she has sex with herself uh, but in the next morning, you know, she doesn't realise that. And so that lock mechanism that she's got on the door, that big stick, that's still there. So there's no way that Lily could have left because the stick can't put itself back. And the chain on the front door as well. Yeah. Um, and then she she goes, Nina goes to the rehearsal. Lily's kind of trying to take her place. Lily denies staying over, but then she mocks Nina for thinking she did. So she turns nasty, like they've been mates, but she is quite mean to her about, she's like, oh, did you have like a lesbian fantasy about me? Um, and now she's been made and, the understudy. And she did get her wasted the night before she was supposed to be and up early. To her, so yeah. yeah, so she might have, you know, she might be doing some of this and she now is Lil, uh, Nina's alternate. So yeah. it's worked if she was uh, playing a little prank on her. Yeah, I mean, I think that comes to fruition where Nina walks in after she's, like her mum's called in sick for her and then she walks in and Lily goes, what is she doing here? Yeah. And at that moment you go, oh, there was a plan in yeah. place. She says you're supposed to be sick. Yeah. yeah. Um, so now they're not friends. This is important. So they're going to be proper enemies, which then propels Nina to visit Beth to return the things that she stole. I think it's important and nice, a nice touch that she... Uh, Nina is using Beth to like mimic womanhood so she's taking her lipstick and she's taking her, her effects and her things and she's taking her place but she's not using her mother for that role and that is something that girls you know you you could do you could be copying your mum to understand how to be a woman in the world but her mum is no good to her because her mum is too chaotic and delicate and can't cope with that sort of um, what's the word the transference that you were talking about so she does it to Beth instead mm. who is not any more stable but is a better role model for Nina than her own mother is mm. Um, so she's projecting on a new person, she wants a to new gr- victim. Yeah, she wants to grow up. A copy of her mum isn't going to get her there because her mum has also got this sort of arrested development as well because there's a stage mm. in her life that she can't move past, um, which is good. Yeah, and also Beth was a success. Yeah, she did. And her own mother wasn't. Yeah. So then now we're in like actual horror territory. So she stabs Beth with a shoe knife, or does she? Um, Beth stabs herself. I don't think any of it happens. I wrote down nail file, a big nail file. What's mm. a shoe knife? Yeah. I thought it was a big nail file until I read it. But do you remember at the beginning where they've got the new ballet pumps yeah. and she cuts them to ah, make them? It's a shoe wow. knife. Wow. Yeah. Amazing. I didn't know any of that. I didn't understand the bit at the start because she basically destroys a ballet pump. You have to destroy yeah. them to make them I read perfect. up on that. Yeah, they do that. 
They do all of that. Because they're too but stiff otherwise. Well, well, then who makes ballet pumps? <laughs> That's what I thought. Like, <laughs> Seems... Just make them pre-rent. <laughs> like, save them the trouble. No, I no, guess you've got, you've got to break in a lot of shoes, you've though, got haven't to break, you? But, but it's not even breaking in. It's like they cut out huge chunks of like actual shoe, bits that were put in the shoe on purpose for ballerinas. Yeah. It's like somewhere someone's gone, ballerinas love this, and no one's gone, <laughs> they don't. They don't actually like that. They're going to cut it out. To pull the nails out. And like score with the bottom so they don't slip. It's like, I just, get that. Get them pre-scored. All of that I get. It was it was just a bit where they dismantle the innards of a shoe. <laughs> I know, I agree You've got you. your business idea, Al. Go make, go make your first billion. <laughs> oh my God, this is it. Pre-rex ballet shoes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, then, and also she sees like a ghost in the kitchen. Yeah, and then it's her. And it's her. But, th- but that, the fear from that makes her run to the toilet and be sick. Yeah. And so another thing I'm thinking is are some of these projections, these, these horror scenes that she's exposing herself to excuses for her to vomit to, to go and have yeah. yeah but let me ask you a much more general question now are you at this point in the movie as we're sort of nearing the climax and her world is unraveling are you really like on an emotional journey with her are you invested in this movie do you care emotionally about what happens to Nina or are you just fascinated by how this movie's going to play out? Yeah, the second one. I don't... I, I find she's necessarily hard to connect with. That's her whole thing. Mm. She has a shell around her. You can't get to know her. So then I just like... I don't care as much as I could. It's a cold movie. Yeah. Like, I watch it and I am fascinated. I went on a journey with this movie. I was like, oh, what's going to happen? Where are we going? But at the same time, I, I felt very detached from any engagement. Like, I didn't care... What happened to Nina? I wasn't like sympathetic to her being mollycoddled by her mother, like like having this like breakdown because of the part. And I wanted to. I think it would well, make it a better movie. But then, but then you've got the horror to distract you because is it fair to say most horror films, what you're watching is like, oh, I wonder what's going to happen next. You don't really care that much about the characters. I'd, I'd argue that most horror films set up uh, uh, some reason to be sympathetic towards yeah. like the protagonist and. I didn't get that with this. Yeah. But that's Darren Aronofsky. Like, yeah. everything is cold. Everything yeah. is no, like... The, no, crack. Mickey Rourke was like Kapoor. Yeah, that that's role. true. Yeah, 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 yeah. The big lug. Yeah. Mm. Um, so, that, but then this is one of the... I just love this bit. You know, I, I get that I didn't really care for her, but she pulls these feathers out of her shoulder blade and then when her legs snap backwards yeah. and she becomes a bird, that is awesome. We're, we're in full Cronenberg territory yeah, here, aren't we? We're so building good. up to it and then it just takes off here. Because also what gives the lies, like, you know, when you talk about ballet dancers, you talk about their grace and their beauty and Swan Lake makes mm. perfect sense. That's why it was written for ballet dancers because they're graceful like birds. But someone turning into a bird yeah. is terrifying. Also, also, the first time you watch it, you think that maybe the next scene, she's just going to be a swan walking yeah. around. That would have been awesome. <laughs> <laughs> the talking swan. <laughs> Didn't see this coming. Uh, so All right. <laughs> you swan. with that voice. Swan now. I'll break your arm. <laughs> that's, that's, what, that's what they do. Yeah. yeah. Is that a partridge joke as well? I don't know. It's in, uh, it's in uh, Hot Fuzz, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Isn't it, isn't it worrying that you don't know anymore? <laughs> oh. yeah. 30 years I've been doing that. Confusing people. Oh, Is that oh, you or... I'll break your arm. <laughs> Because she's a swan. <laughs> uh, so, the, yeah, like we said, her mum tries to ring in sick for her. So is she caring about it? Is she trying to sabotage her? Is it both? People are more than one thing. Um, <laughs> well, it's, but it's good because the mum thinks she's sick and she thinks the mum's sick. Yeah. We think they're both sick. Yeah, it's, it's not healthy. No. It's not a healthy No, house split them up. Help them out, please, someone. <laughs> yeah. But Sonina's not having that, so she rushes off. 
Um, and then Tamar tells her, which is very on the nose, but it's fine. The only person standing in your way is you. Let her go. And he's like, okay, I get it. Um, she dances as the white swan. Then she's dropped. Her which... toes are stuck together. Oh, yeah, she's got webbed feet. She's got webbed feet. Did you keen on that, Al? I mean, everything involving feet in this, and also fingers. In fact, the body horror of this... I, I, but webbed feet, better or worse than splayed toes? I, put socks on them. Just Whatever. either way. Yeah. Sure, yeah, I yeah. Don't Whack care. a pair of socks yeah. on. Yeah, fair enough. Moving on. I don't have a preference. Webbed, non-webbed. They're just feet. But it's all bad. And they're awful. All right, I'm just going to put my... I, I prefer non-webbed. <laughs> I just, for the record. And that's great. And it's nice that you have a lane. I think I like both. <laughs> that's great as well. I like neither. Yeah. I want Although it would make flip-flops it. at a nightmare, wouldn't it? But then that would... <laughs> sliders. They call them sliders, sliders now, don't yeah, they? Sliders, yeah, sliders. Sorry, of course. It, yeah, which became a thing where yeah. people wore socks with them. And I was like, oh, the first time I saw it, I was like, oh, look at that guy. And then he was a young, cool guy. It's still yeah. a thing, yeah. It's still massive. It, it was Footballers. Massive in Lewisham. Foot- Footballers and, footballers and rappers love them. Right. Yeah. We're going to have to catch up. I, I mean, I want to. <laughs> this we, summer, let's do it. Do we or, yeah. will we? or will we always look like the other end of the scale? Yeah. Now we look rubbish. <laughs> so the dropping thing annoyed me at first because I was like, why have they dropped it? Why can't you just get this performance right? But do you remember? Tomma told her earlier, perfection is about letting go. So has she been literally <laughs> let go? Mm. But the point is, she's made a very rare mistake. She doesn't make mistakes, but the mistake is what frees her because a mistake is obviously in the spectrum of imperfection. So she does make a mistake and that frees her to then go to her dressing room. She kills Lily, <laughs> who's Nina, with a mirror. Of course, it's a mirror. Uh, horrible, horrible scene. I don't think it's that horrible. Oh, it made me feel sick. What, really? Because of the wound? Just being, or yeah, the... Just the thought of being stabbed with the glass and it going that deep. Ugh, yeah, you're right. It's bad. Really? Yeah, don't ever do. Don't ever try it. Don't do that. No. Yeah, I was please. I was weirder about the. the yeah, the, oh my god! Don't don't don't. The don't. finger where the skin peels back in a long line. That's there was there are so many brilliant effects in this film. I, I think just, it's some of the best um, creature effects going on. Her eyes turn red to here. Just everything is so. It's not big, but it's so effective. Yeah. Those bits are great, but the body horror... like I, I, I very rarely have this in films where I can feel my entire body convulse. It's, that's as good, a, though. As, yes, it is. It is. It's a very visceral reaction. Yeah. I do, because the thing is, it freaked me out so much, because when I get anxious or nervous or Why are you doing it whatever, now? I do do that. And I've done it so... I have to really make a conscious effort not to do it. It's just boredom or whatever. Look, I'm, I'm doing it. I'm yeah. like, it's making me feel anxious. And sometimes, not for a long time, but I've gone too, uh, I've gone too far and I've done... I've, no, oh, yeah. I, I do that all the time. Yeah. yeah. It's horrible. And I have to really try hard not to do it. And I always regret it as well. It's like, it's not like... I don't get pleasure from it. I really regret doing it. And I know it looks horrible, but when she did... Uh, anyway. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah. So then Lily turns back into Lily, um, apparently and Nina stuffs her in the shower room. So then she's empowered to go out and dance as Ordeal, and she is powerful, and she's focused, but she's mercurial. She's got this beautiful wing. It looks amazing. Mm. Like, when she takes her final bow thing, and she steps backwards, and she's got those gorgeous black wings. They're obviously not real to the audience, but it just looks... It's just lit perfectly. It's just so, mm. so, so good. Um, and then she realises that Lily isn't dead. She goes back... Oh! <laughs> yeah, but good. <laughs> Less tension. Uh, she goes back out as the white swan. She's flawless. She falls from the cliff. She's wounded herself. And then she tells Tomas, I was perfect. And she told us at the start she wanted to be perfect. And in her own way, she got there. Now, I don't think she dies. I think she's killed an old version of herself. I think maybe... But they, they can see the wound. And I think she has stabbed herself. But I don't think it's enough to kill her. I go back to... all like, And this is just movie literature. I go back to the idea that 
stomach wounds and it looks like she stabbed herself in the stomach yeah. are very difficult to recover from. Okay. It's like you, you've seen so many movies where someone gets shot in the stomach yeah. and it's like, you're like, oh, it's fine. And then like, no, it's a stomach wound because yeah. all the, the digestive tract, once it's pierced, yeah. poisons th- the rest of the body. I think, oh, yeah. I think, yeah, and I think the shock that Tomas gets when he sees it and the panic and sending off people to help her and then the bright white light... For me, her final act before dying was the dance. I think she is dead. That's, I know Natalie Portman thinks she isn't. Yeah, I, is, when I first saw it, I was like, she's definitely dead. And then equal. this, this <laughs> black swans. <laughs> well, he, he he's told her, which again I don't really buy. Watching the film, that the, the wound is supposed to be near where she would have her period, mm-hmm. and this is her killing the little girl and becoming the woman. It's far but too it, high up. It's not. Yeah, it's not there. It, it, you could you could cut yourself further down, yeah. and and it would be more like that. But yeah. it isn't. And so she says. So because Darren said that, I don't think. I, you know, I believe I didn't die. But the bottom line is, though, regardless of whether she does die or she doesn't die, it's still a happy ending for, for that character yeah. because regardless of whatever happens afterwards. She had, she, did it. she, she's done the mm. perfect dance as yeah. the black swan. Well, that's what I nearly said in the connection sections. I, I, two happy endings. Wow. Two endings where they both die. I'll explain my thinking on Thursday. Whoa. <laughs> um, I but, can see it. But yeah, it's like, you know, is, the, yeah, is this a happy ending? For her, yes. I'd argue, yeah. 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 Wow. I'm excited about Thursday, though, because <laughs> I'm doing Thursday's movie and I don't have that in my yeah. <laughs> It's tenuous. It's tenuous. And <laughs> um, that's it. We're done. All right. So this was the seventh film to be nominated, horror film to be nominated for Best Picture. Okay. That's cool, isn't it? Yeah, that is. Uh, the Exorcist, Jaws, Science of the Lamb, Sixth Sense, Get Out. And actually, they put Parasite as the other one. I guess Parasite is. But um, yeah, that's... That's heady company to be in. That is, you're right. Um, yeah, okay, so what's your best scene then, Chris? Um, I don't know how to describe it, but it's the one we just talked about where she sees the ghostly figure in the kitchen, she runs to the bathroom, vomits, the mum's paintings come to life, the mum appears, her body transforms, she turns into the swarm, her legs break forward, she hits her head and she's knocked out. I just think for three minutes, yeah. it just mind, it's <laughs> mind-blowing. Yeah, it's very good. And you? It's... <laughs> You're going to argue that it's a bit silly, but the bit where she cracks her toes at the start, I've obsessed about whether that is possible, whether someone can have enough musculature in their toes to wake up in the morning, swing their legs over the edge of the bed and crack all their toes. And I want to be able to do that. Do you? Yeah. That's interesting. I thought you avoided your own feet. I do, but I I like the sound of cracking knuckles. And if I could do that in my feet. It would solve a lot of problems for you, maybe, like exposure it would be, therapy. It would be a weigh-in. Yeah, it would be a weigh-in. It would be a weigh-in. <laughs> but, the, you know, when we should call out the sound design is incredible on this film. Hmm? It's, it's, and, it's, and the editing. I mean, everything just goes together. But, yeah, that sound is... It stays with you. It haunts you. Yeah. Well, the first time I saw this film, this is a really small moment, but when Lily stays over, but then when Nina sees her door lock mechanism, that just blew my head off because I was like, oh, now you are going totally bonkers. Mm. Like that sex scene is very real and it's, it's not at all. That really impacted on me. I've never even seen that until you... I've never seen that because you've just had to point it out to me. <laughs> Thank uh, you. But now it's the performances, the black swan, the wings, and the, like you yep. say, the, the eyes and everything. I think it's brilliant. It's amazing. It's an amazing ending. Uh, what's your most valuable whatever, Alex? Natalie Portman's great. Mila Kunis is so much... Not better. Well, yes, better. Because <laughs> she's my MVW. <laughs> I think Mila Kunis is so good in this movie. And I think like the role of Lily is... 
so limited in the amount of screen time she has to establish the kind of person Lily is and inhabit both this idea of a lover and just a friend, someone who is like intimate with her but really isn't and is just someone who knows her through it. And the vagueness between what is true and what is not, I think she captures really, really well. Yeah. What about you, Chris? Natalie Portman. Yeah, I'm so... Help me out. Mine's Natalie Portman, but I can't say why. Like, obviously, it's an amazing performance, mm. but the character is hard to connect with. So why... why I don't, but I don't it? feel like I have to connect with the character. Yeah. I mean, this, that's the problem. She, she's not... She's not got any of those things that we can empathise with. But Darren Aronofsky has a tendency to pull the, the best performance out of an actor of their career sometimes. Yeah. And I think that's what he's done here. Like, it just made me see her in a completely new light. Mm. And Russell Crowe and Noah, for example. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> the big one. Yeah. That's, that's... The, big, the big flood and the big performance. Yeah. Uh, what would you change, Chris? Um, I don't know. There's not much in this film I would want to change, uh, if I'm honest. So this is one where I'm just sort of forcing it. But I was, you know, in the first three minutes, they show us in a potted form the story of the Black Swan. And then Thomas rams it home by telling us the story. Yeah. And the, the big important part of that is her finding true love. And so that's not an aspect of this film. And I think that could be put into it. Mm. I think that the man she married in real life, I think she should fall in love with him. That's oh. her first love. And then Lily starts threatening that. Yeah. And I, that would just be another wrinkle, another thing to send her off. Yeah. And I think that would work fine. But equally, I wouldn't change much about this film. Yeah. What about you? I really struggled with this. Um, but uh, it's, 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 a, it's a weird thing with both these films. I, I, I really need... I need to have... What is good about the art form we're watching a little more signposted for mm. me? I need to know what is good so that I can embrace the final performance as a viewer who isn't familiar with either drumming or ballet and go, oh, yeah, she's agree. done X. She's done a good ballet. The, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, it, it, but it is that. I'm, I'm sort of going... I don't know if that's good or not. Yeah, like, I, I have agree. to. I have to wait for reactions from people, like until and that's what like, they do. Thomas, in, that's what they do in sports movies. What you need is a manoeuvre that's <laughs> impossible to do, oh right. God, and they've been trying yes. to do for exactly. the movies. Oh my god, that's and, it. That's what sports movies do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I'll to the cutting edge, which I talk about about twice a week. <laughs> but the trouble is, then you fall into massive cliche when you do have that, and that's not the film. He, that's not what no, he's you trying can't to do because he's sure. not making a sports yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah. I agree with you. I need it telegraphing a bit. Like, is this good ballet or bad ballet sure. mm. yeah, yeah. can yeah, I sense. see her progress don't know <laughs> mine is I was really struggling as well I have got one but you'll roll your eyes because it's stupid but uh, you want to collapse the characters of Veronica <laughs> and Beth <laughs> Veronica is great she's awesome she's an enemy Beth nothing what happens to Veronica like she's really arched at the start like fuck you for saying I got the part whatever and then Beth gets killed or doesn't get killed in the hospital you can there is a way of collapsing those two characters Veron the Veronica Beth was the prima ballerina and then she gets hospitalised done Fine. Beth doesn't get killed. Does Beth no, die? I don't think so. No, no, no I don't. It's know too that. much. Like it's too, no. too real. But she like, had to believe that so that she could then step into her shoes, yeah. her ballet shoes, no. to become that person. It's all about this embracing of the shadow. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well done. That's good. That's it. So, doing something new this week. Uh oh. <laughs> Gang. See. Completely new. Are you excited? Yeah. No. So I asked our listeners on Twitter to send us questions they'd like answer just about us, about film. Oh, okay. And the main one is from Ed Brad, who says, what drew you three... 1997! <laughs> I mean, that could be the right year. <laughs> yeah, we met because of a, 
a shared coincidence. Oh, God, that. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, I buried that. <laughs> we both broken up with someone who we were kind of really into. Yeah, with And yours was called names. Alex and mine was called Vicky. Yeah, that's so and true. Then oh, we my were God. Like, yeah, let me tell the story. Alex. So we were a mess. <laughs> there we go. We, <laughs> we got there in the end. Yeah. We were such a mess. And then one day I was like, why are you a mess? And you were like, oh, because of Vicky. And then he was like, why are you a mess? I was like, because of Alex. We were like, well, let's be friends then. And then we can slag them off. And it's so cathartic. Mm. Like, it was so cathartic. And then we were all right, weren't we? Like, I yeah, got over it. Yeah. Yeah, we were fine. Yeah. We were fine. I don't think either of us really cared that much because we found each other. We did. And yeah, oh my God, that's so true. Yes. Out of the, the shambles of all of that, mm. rose this beautiful thing, yeah. for, for which I'm really grateful. Like, I was heartbroken at the time, but fuck that person. And I immediately fell in love with you because of your tolerance. <laughs> <laughs> Which very few people have an ability to yeah. absorb what I am. Yeah, yeah, I, I see you. <laughs> so, Alex, uh, how did you meet Chris? I remember Chris from a quiz that I yeah. believe he won, uh, which was about the Pixar films. So, Chris mm. and I had moved in similar circles as film journalists, but, like, I didn't really like him. Because <laughs> uh, he was kind of cocky and arrogant. I was like, well, That's we never true. worked together, so... <laughs> Like, we'll never work together. <laughs> no. Um, I was very impressed. So I hosted a Pixar quiz at a very weird venue mm, on Jack Under- Street. Underground, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Like in a basement. Yeah. yeah. And um, and it was all about the Pixar films. It was organised to promote some Pixar movie. Oh. I just turned up and was like, all right, I'll, oh, yeah. I'll host it. But then Chris was like very, very good yeah. at the quiz. And had I realised now that trivia was his thing, like, <laughs> I would have... Uh, we, should I would... Do, we should do a Pixar film at some point. <laughs> sure. Uh, and then uh, the second time I re- really remember Chris is when I was hosting a premiere and based on one real oh, previous meeting where we'd interacted... I love this story. I'm on a stage waiting for fucking movie stars to walk on stage and Chris goes, Alex! And I'm like, oh, that's nice. That's nice. We've we met that Pixar quiz. I'll go over and I walked off the stage, interrupted my night and went over. He's like, Alex, hey, hey, hey. And I'm like, oh, hey, Chris. Yeah, we met. And he was like, no, 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 no. I don't want to talk to you. Will you take a picture of me and this hot girl I'm arriving at the premiere with? And because I'm me, I'm like... Yeah, of course. Yeah, Playboy model. What a power trip! <laughs> what a power trip you he's, were on! He's so exaggerating how that went down. He is so exaggerating, but that's a funnier version. So we'll go with that version. I love that story. I love so it. So I took the picture, gave him his fun back, and then the third time we really met was organising this. Yes. Yeah. I, I, so just to explain how it happened, I lost my job, and and I'd always wanted to do a film podcast. I had an idea, spoke to our our friend Pete Donaldson and he said that's great come in and pitch it but also Alex is talking to us about doing a film podcast why don't you go and talk to Alex and so I went and spoke to Alex we brainstormed we came up with an idea uh, you came on board Vicky we did the idea for three episodes and then we were like that's shit (laughs) (laughs) and so we we started from scratch again that's such an easter egg for someone at some point we need to put (laughs) I've still got them yeah I think I've got them as well they're amazing are they really I don't know if they're amazing no, That's the answer to that question. I'll do the other two very quickly now, but we're, we're not going to answer one of them, and the other one you're going to answer. Uh, the unbearable Dr. Congo says, uh, <laughs> this is the one we're not going to answer. Of the three of you, who are the best friends, and how has the dynamic changed? <laughs> <laughs> Won't be answering that, but thank you. And uh, It's all equal. Yeah. Ben Power asks, for Vicky... Does Mark still have his VHS collection? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, that's a great question. Yeah, it's in the shed. Oh, wow. Uh, they're in the shed somewhere, but we have no means by which to play them. OK, I, I, I'm going to add a question then. Can you take a photo so I can post it on sure, the Twitter? Sure, yeah, yeah. 
So we can see. Oh, I'd love to see them again. I remember it from... Yeah, with his little handwriting. From the Newcross. <laughs> yeah, we can, we, yeah. We'll pick one from there to do in oh. a couple of weeks as well. All I remember was Suspiria. The That's... Three Colours trilogy. Mm. That Suspiria. was also like... Suspiria would have gone great with this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's fair. All right, are we done then? Yes. <clears throat> right, let's look ahead to next week. Uh, it is our penultimate... No, sorry. God, this is our penultimate. It's our last, last listener-suggested pairing next week as we end February Fanny for another year. Thank you for all your suggestions. I hope you're happy with the ones that we picked and you can continue to email them to show at ClashPod. Don't stop emailing. It's like the Cadbury's cream egg, Alex. It's like the Cadbury's cream egg. It's only special because it happens once a year. All right. So my clue for next week's pairing is spying on your wife. That's my clue. Okay, how long did it take you to come with that? <laughs> Bloody hell, man. <laughs> we won't bother with a second one on Twitter. Honestly, I think that's... I think that's there's misdirection. Great, let's see how it goes. Spying on your wife. We'll be back on Thursday talking Whiplash and revealing the winner of this week's Clash. Until then, have a great week. Bye-bye. Clash of the Titles is a stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network.